You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? Vocal fam, Hello. here we are. Hello. It's been a while. Michael's back. Hello. Michael is eating. I, Sarah's drinking tea and Michael's I eating. Guys, I I got I have some some friends who have a five year old kid, so I'm constantly being duped into purchasing overpriced fundraising items. Oh yeah. But this was a good choice. This I, is. I mean, some of them are not bad. Fundraiser popcorn's usually pretty good. This Having is spent- Texas habanero popcorn. It is the spiciest cheesy oh, wow. popcorn I've ever bought. These sp- it's painfully spicy, and you guys know how much I like spicy food. This is the most spiciest popcorn I've ever had. It's wow. A, it's amazing. It sounds very unpleasant, but that's just me. But the sound of Michael's chewing is unpleasant, no, or the, the spicy level is unpleasant? Or both. I don't like spicy. Sarah, no one thought you liked spicy. I Nobody. know. Jamie laughed at me the other night because we ordered Indian, and I got... Um, like, I think I got the paneer, butter paneer, something like that. All that being said, it's supposed like it was probably the least spicy thing on the menu. And I'm eating it, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is too spicy. I can't even finish it. And Jamie's it's like, butter is it really? chicken. And he took a bite, and he starts laughing because apparently it was sweet. I promise, though. Yes, it was. I mean, so butter anything spicy. is sweet. That's the point of the dish. Okay. I don't think so. I think this was spicier than the things I usually get. Uh, the point of that story is my spice tolerance, very low. Very low. Oh, man. Excessive. But your tea tolerance is very high. Yes, it is. I have tea. Sarah, Sarah I've been drinking a fancy schmancy tea lately mm-hmm. called called Peak Tea. Like P-I-Q-U-E. Okay. Like peaked, like peaked my like interest. Like peak your interest, yeah. Yes, um, it is so like their idea is that like tea a lot of the health benefits mm-hmm. you only get it after you boil the tea for hours and hours and hours and so tea bags you don't get the best um, tea bags are essentially like the the chewing tobacco of tea. I know that's that's the, what I've always heard even though I like it oh me TV. too exactly well this that's what this this is like essentially a kool-aid stick of tea and oh. so like they've done it for hours and they've brewed it down into these little crystals and I, it's a little expensive, but it's like a dollar per cup of tea. So I drink it in the mornings because it's real fancy and delicious. Yeah. I buy their oolong tea. What kind? So. Okay, I was gonna say like what kind of of tea? So Peak is like the brand, but they mm-hmm. make different the different kinds of tea. Yes. So okay, that's cool. Oolong is good. Their green tea is good. Some of their teas like seventy dollars for fifteen sticks. Don't buy that. I would um, not. You can buy, you I can, can assure the, you. You can buy eleven dollars for fifteen, and it's like fancy, fancy. It's like if you're going to drink tea for health, If Peak would like to sponsor the Vocal Fry podcast. I'll try your tea. Uh, you can reach us at vocalfrypodcast at gmail.com. And hey, oh. while we're thinking about it, if any of the Vocal Fam are searching for that just one last Christmas gift to send yep. to mm. your relative, I bet a sticker would still get there in time. I bet a mug would still get there in time. And I'm pretty sure a t-shirt would still get there in time. Maybe. So if you need that one last moderate 
low to low priced Christmas gift between I don't know four and twenty dollars. Go get yourself a vocal fry mug or a sticker or three stickers. Yeah. And or uh, a T-shirt and send them to your family members. Well, or you know, Christmas present to yourself. Treat yourself. Or a Christmas present to yourself. Let's be real. Who Treat ha- yourself. Who, who hasn't done that where you're like, this is my Christmas present to me? Listen, I have an unfortunate habit. Is it unfortunate? I think it's wonderful. <laughs> um, as you know, um, I know you'd be surprised to hear this, but sometimes I have trouble not just thinking about myself. And so, because <laughs> the world revolves around me. Um, but the whole point is sometimes... Because God gave you a small vocal tract and made you a tenor. Anyway. Okay. He gave me a large head, so the gravitational pull. Anyways, <laughs> I have this problem where I buy other people presents to vicariously live through them. It's why my mother has a dog. Um, <laughs> it's why my sister... That seems right. It's Just- why my sister is getting a... Um, an oversized panda blanket for Christmas. That's fantastic. Um, yes, yes, it's lovely. So that, that also seems that all seems accurate. Yeah, I actually heard a thing about that about like with parents just trying to recreate and just fix the things that we had wrong with our own childhoods, but then somehow in trying to fix those things, we screw up our kids' childhoods. By trying to fix the things that went wrong with ours. Yes, I know that this source is very problematic, but um, there was an when I was a kid, I watched an episode of the Cosby Show. I love uh, the Cosby Show. <laughs> but they, but you know, okay. the writing was great, even if the actor was not. Um, yes. And one time, Cliff Huxtable's wife looks at him and says, "Cliff, I think we've tried so hard to give our kids what they, what we never had that we didn't give them what we did have." And I think about it right. all the time. So. I love Miss Huxtable. I, that is that's been one of the saddest thing and re, saddest things in recent years, personally, because I grew up loving the Cosby Show. Thought it was hysterical. Watched reruns all the time, and then that comes out, and it kind of ruined this part yeah. of like my childhood. Such a key so, thing. Can I tell you a secret about like life? Okay. <clears throat> so uh, a bunch of my sort of mid-career. Well, younger to mid-career colleagues and I have been talking about the fact that one of the things that you realize as you get older is that all the people that you sort of looked up to as heroes were all just people who were as messed up as we all are, just trying to do their best with what they had. They just may have gotten noticed for the thing that they did. Hmm. Yeah. Pass on but what the, you have learned. In fact, uh, Michael, there's a transition for uh-huh. us. Indeed. Mastery, so, yes, but failure too. <laughs> so, vocal fam. Vocal fam. It is upon us. We are five days out from the premiere of episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Sarah, do you remember how excited I was when that trailer went live yes. on our episode called Star Wars Distractify Study Session. Yeah, where we're literally sitting there like, oh yes, comps. These are important. We are we are studying. Four but mans. also we're gonna literally in the background, the whole time we're talking, <laughs> have the Star Wars panel on. Panel. And just know that at any moment 
we're just going to completely drop everything else and focus on that. And that is exactly what we did. I loved listening to that episode. I'm not sure it was a great episode for everyone else, but because I know everyone personally from that episode, I was so deeply amused by it all. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. It was, uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of 2019. That's, that's for, that's yeah. for sure. It's, it's, it's a high point for me. Uh, hey, and uh, I wanna, Nick, I want to show you what came up on Facebook today. On oh this gosh, day, what? on this day two years ago, it says, "I'm gonna see Star Wars now." Ah! I see it. Oh my goodness! So I was super oh, excited. About my that. goodness! Two years ago today, Michael and I went to a late showing of Rise of Skywalker. Not Rise of Skywalker. The Last uh, Jedi. Uh, the Last that was Jedi. A nice try. You gave you gave it your best shot right there. Can you believe um, it's been two years since the Last Jedi? I'm kind of shocked I by can, that, honestly. I, I I can. So before we get yeah. into it, I just want to give the vocal fam just a heads up. I I I'm certain that through this preview episode, this is our official preview episode for the Rise of Skywalker. I am certain that we, if you have been avoiding somehow all of the internet, social media spots, the TV spots that have been dropping all the new footage during the last week. If, if that is you, I kind of want to encourage you, you know what, go ahead and put this episode on the back burner until next week and you've seen Rise of Skywalker because the 40 seconds of footage that they leaked Ooh. this week... Shook. Shook. Yep. I mean, and I have friends, I, I actually, like... Two of the four guys who are coming with me for my small group to see to see it on Thursday night, I know that they've avoided watching it. Um, so I, fortunately, a lot of the articles and stuff that ran about it all said they released footage. It's super spoilery. If you want to go in as clean as possible, don't watch this. So that's just this is our warning, vocal fam. If you don't want to be sort of spoiled going into Rise of Skywalker and you want to go in as pure as possible, this is probably not the episode for you because we're going to talk about it. Um, but if you've been keeping up with all the TV and social media spots and you're ready, then let's go. Yeah. So first, let's start here by talking about the media blitz and essentially the parallels to Endgame. And yes. how this basically new Disney marketing strategy has what this has been like. Well, I remember specifically us talking about when Endgame came out. We compared it to The Last Jedi. If we think back to then, um, we talked about how with The Last Jedi, it allowed uh, people's fan theories swirled off into horrifying, not horrifying directions, but just not where the movie actually was yeah. and how Endgame, it seemed like they were, it seemed very specific that they were listening to the fan theories and going, ah, we either better confirm or deny that just enough that the footage shows, okay, there is a time heist in Endgame. And yeah. it seems very clear that they're doing that with this, you know, all the stuff about Plagueis and whether or not it's actually Plagueis, it has to be, but like this idea of I, there has, <laughs> like whether or not, like there's some voice, you know, I have been every voice inside every voice. your head, yeah. that there is, it's behind the strings pulling that's happened, you know what I mean? The puppet master. Well, and I like to call, I'd kind of like to call this, this, um, this media strategy like breadcrumbs. Yes. Yeah. It's like we're leaving this trail of breadcrumbs so that 
you as the fan base have enough information that you're not going to be offended by the direction that we go with the movie, mm-hmm. but also that you're still shocked by maybe the very ending. Yes. I think it was just a large lesson learned from Last Jedi, essentially. Mm-hmm. Just we let people guess too much, and when we didn't meet those expectations, a lot happened. And so now well, and, we, we, we give their head crumbs. I think crumbs. it worked for... It worked for Force Awakens because no one knew what to exactly. expect. Exactly. Well, and there was enough fan service in Force Awakens, enough nostalgia factor and things like that. Mm-hmm. Which Jamie and I rewatched it this morning and we're like, oh my gosh, this was a great movie. Like, maybe not like the best Star Wars movie in the sense. It's a good but, like, movie, though. You just mm-hmm. feel good. You enjoy it. You know, you get these little throwbacks and things like C3PO coming out. You might not recognize me <laughs> because of my arm. You know, like yes. things like that that were great. It feels like a new hope, not just in the sense of it's another Death Star, dot, dot, dot. But yeah. in the sense of the level of um, kind of the, 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 the level of depth that it chooses to go is, sh- is it's, it's deeper than, but you know, it's shallow enough that it makes everybody go, I feel good at the end. I feel good, uh, yeah. As opposed to like the Last Jedi, which is like a Wagnerian opera, you or know Rogue what I mean? One. You or walk Rogue away from one. Rogue One and you're like, I hate everything. I hate my uh-huh. life. Nothing will ever be happy again. There's yes. no point. Yeah. Yes, both yeah. of those artistic movies. Yeah. Heavy. Heavy. You know, and so uh, yeah. But having said that, Force Awakens is a fantastic movie with intrigue, mystery, and I'm not saying it lacks depth. It is. No, it, it has mir- moments. It mirrors a new hope in that way though that it's it's just laying a new groundwork you yeah know? like i was watching it and you know i'm in it like having this great time feel good whatever and we get to the scene with han and i'm like you know in, in tears at that point of course because i was like i forgot how much this hurt and i wasn't prepared yeah on a saturday morning i was not yes. prepared but anyway that was my morning so i'm like that, i'm fresh off of that but also just how I thought with Force Awakens, how perfect, I know it was controversial in some ways, but mm-hmm. how perfect the end reveal of Luke and having him yes. say nothing was. Yes, yes. I agree. Yes. Just nothing at all. That's the best way they could have done it. You know, you get that so, taste. So anyway. That's all. Wh- and then we have obviously the we don't need to live here for long, but the much aligned, maligned, the much uh, broken down, digested, regurgitated controversy of 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 the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Some people loved it. Uh, some people hated it. Um, and, and you know there were obviously. Um, all the controversies of, of Russian bots playing a role in that yes. for its Rotten Tomatoes score, all these kind of weird things with The Last Jedi. Um, I think that I, I, I've yet to rewatch it going in. We started Thanks. it this morning. We, we watched the first 10 minutes. I wanted to watch the first just 10 minutes just to get started, just to sort of put myself back in like... <coughs> What that movie felt like, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna rewatch the rest of it this afternoon. Shame so, and I are but I just wanted to, it. 
So I don't have a life anymore. Apparently, I do actually. I'm a I'm a corporate dog um, and a and a voice teacher. But having said that, I have no no. I, I have friends too. I just make good choices and am efficient with my time. That's what I'm gonna say with myself. And it's somehow <laughs> since deprecating statement turned into something positive. Um, that's how you do it, folks. But I've watched every Star Wars movie except for um, Rogue One and Empire in the last month. So you Solo. Um, uh, I did watch Solo. You know what? Okay. Solo turned out to be a lot better than I remember it to be. Still not great. This is what everyone has said to me, that Solo is a lot better on the rewatch than you think it was. I the totally thir- believe that. I, I watched it the first time, didn't like it. Second time, I was like, it's okay. And then the third time, I was like, you know what? The score is still trash, but the movie is good. I wonder like- <laughs> if it's the introduction of The Mandalorian and that, like, The Mandalorian is this Western, right? Hmm. And I feel like Solo has kind of aspects of that. Like, have we warmed up to the idea of Star Wars not being a space opera and maybe also being a Western? Um, Your husband is glaring at you. You missed it. He was glaring ooh, at you just ooh. now. Um, but, I gotta uh, watch out. <laughs> here, here's what I'll, for those of it's you who danger. are listening, since you can't see, Jamie is sitting in the background, and he so is. Um, I didn't but, think he was listening to me. He has his headset on. Oh, he is listening to me. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, He's playing games. <coughs> oh, no. Anyways, I, I feel like um, so. Last Jedi. All that to say, Last Jedi. Here's the thing. Last Jedi is the middle movie of an enormous story. It mm-hmm. is the. It is the. It is just like Empire in the sense that it's a deepening and it ends kind of with a big question mark mm-hmm. and a lot of you know it's 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 not a triumphant movie and so like well yes it is but it's you know what i mean like yeah. the most triumphant m- moment you get um is i will is and i will not be the last jedi you know like yeah. you get that moment but as a whole the the rebellion's down to nothing you know and so i think but watching it i'm like i think i think this movie set things up really well you know all in all I think once people are able to watch these three movies together, they will yeah. like Last Jedi a lot more. That's my hope. I think that makes sense, actually. I mean, it's sort of like, we'll say like Lord of the Rings, where, um, especially like in the, the Hobbit, when, you know, you split it up into these, this one story up into three movies, and that middle story, it, the, the climax hasn't happened yet, you know? Right. And I think that's it. I think you expect the climax to happen maybe in the second movie, in the third movie to tie things up, and we haven't gotten that yet. And with the switching of directors and everything, you're left with this question of like, is, are we going to continue on this line? Is it going to try to switch directions? How could you yeah. switch directions and tie it up in one movie? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's like you said, it, it's a giant question mark in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, so let's dive in. So on Tuesday, Lucasfilm dropped about 40 seconds of footage that essentially is Kylo Ren's uh, tie... What's it called? Tie striker? Tie... It's not a tie fighter. His merchandising opportunity. Right. Anyway, he arrives in what appears to be the deep reaches of space which is what we've been hearing that Palpatine's spirit has been in the deep reaches of space somehow regenerating. That's Mm. a rumor we've been hearing. So Kylo Ren arrives by himself and he takes the ship and lands on some planet 
um, which rem- is somewhat reminiscent to me of the planet that Yoda goes to in thinking. Clone Wars, mm-hmm. where where which was the where he was sent by the Wisps, which was the original planet of the Sith. Mm. Um, so anyway, he he lands there. He goes into what people are on the internet calling a Sith temple. And is it a Sith temple? Probably. There are statues it, of Sith inside. Is it the grave of Darth Plagueis? Mm. I think that's a reasonable guess. Um, anyway, and he starts to hear voices. Michael, describe the voices for us. Um, you, you hear the first voice at last. Maybe it. I think the first voice sounds female, but I'm not convinced. The more I read on the internet, the less I'm convinced. Um, yeah. This. It sounds like a slightly effeminate version or higher pitched version of Sheev Palpatine. Yes. Yes. It's an odd voice. Um, it's an odd voice. It says like, "At last, my boy." It's five chunks. Yes. At last, my boy. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. And so you have And the last voice is very evidently Vader, which is yeah. shocking to me. James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Yeah. And I was saying that to Sarah and both of you guys this last week of how striking it was back in Force Awakens that he was like meditating to Darth Vader. Well, it makes perfect sense if Sidious was fooling him Using that as Darth Vader. That, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, my thing was... Sarah, Sarah where'd you go? Sarah, I lost you. You lost I me? can see Sarah. I'm right here. Hello. I can see and hear Sarah. Can you see and hear Sarah? Can... No, maybe. I feel mm. like I'm here. Can there you, s- you go. You came back. I don't think I anyway, left. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I heard you the whole time. Oh, anyway, that's nice. Uh... So anyway, so the last the last voice is cl- clearly Vader, and mm-hmm. it makes sense if he's been meditating to Vader, but that was really not Vader. Right. That all along that that was Palpatine. It makes sense that Anakin's soul was in fact redeemed. Right. Yeah. Well, it fills a right. plot hole because you would also think like you know Kylo or Ben at the time grew up hearing the story of Luke and Vader being redeemed and all that. So why would he think that he can... It makes sense. Like, uh, to me, it filled a nice little plot hole. Tied it up. (coughs) Yes, for sure. Well, but the bigger problem... I think the bigger thing that I don't think distances it from The Last Jedi, I actually think it makes perfect sense, is that it appears that clearly Palpatine had been trying to probably come back as this embodied figure of Snoke yeah. and really essentially explains Snoke and why it didn't matter if he died. Because I, Snoke is a puppet. I appreciated right. that as well because I had been so disappointed in the Snoke storyline that now to get, I feel like we are getting this explanation, kind of a redemption of that storyline because Snoke should have and it looks like maybe will be so cool. That's just me. Yeah, well, see, I'm still... I, I don't know if we want to bring this in yet, but it, it, there's been a lot of talk on the internet about... They've been calling it the Camino Theory. Um, this idea that um, there's all these clones. Um, mm-hmm. There's even been... And I'm not totally sold on this, but there are suggestions that, that um, they're going to connect that to the Mandalorian show. 
Um, yeah, I've been hearing Camino a lot. Because Camino is so for those of you who don't know, um in The Mandalorian, the doctor in in the first couple episodes of The Mandalorian has a Camino emblem on his shoulder that mm. all Camino clones wear. And so, Let's rewind it back to Attack of the Clones and explain Camino. Camino is the planet where they go um and where uh, where uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan goes. And he is talking to them, and a Jedi, some kind of Jedi, uh, Jedi master, has purchased uh, and commissioned an army of clones. So the Camino project, it takes their their technology. It takes them ten standard years to produce an adult human. So in the same way, we could assume that they could produce a clone, uh, uh, you know, at some point. Of whatever, and so, and probably have the ability to even keep that thing in stasis. Would they, should they choose? Um, Camino is very mysterious, and I would assume. So the idea is that Snoke is an imperfect Palpatine clone, and that maybe that there's a whole bunch of Palpatine clones that he's trying to create a body, like because there's this whole contingent. If you don't know, there's something called the contingency plan. Um, it is what remember like all the Star Destroyers on Jakku and all that, the crashes. That was part of the contingency plan. The contingency plan... We are really getting into some Star Wars lore here. The contingency plan is the plan that uh, that, that Palpatine set up. Basically, he said... In a video game. Yes. That is canon, oddly enough. The video that games is are, canon. are awesome. So the idea is Palpatine says that the... Um, he says... The Empire should be able to protect its its Emperor, like in chess. If they don't, then they don't deserve to live. So if I'm taken out, the whole Empire should just strategically destroy itself. The best of it should leave and then rise again as the First Order. So, hence the First Order. That's where it came from. That's where that name came from. And so they've right. come back as the First Order. Um, and so the idea is possibly... That part of the contingency plan included um, a Palpatine clone coming back up. Then the question is, who else could be a clone? Is Rey a clone? Some kind of body clone thing? You know what I mean? They've created a variety of sources. Even the idea that that Rey's some genetically engineered thing, okay, person thing, um, and that they strategically left her on Jakku to um, imitate the upbringing of like Anakin or Luke Skywalker um but without the support of like like Luke had his family um um who like uh, who like like that family helped him be on the light side because there was love and support you yeah. know that instead she lived a terrible life cuz if i you know how here's to say last jedi and force awakens cuz i'll fully admit i watched them both in one day um Ooh. It was a lot of movie, That's but a why, lot. but Ray is so angry the whole time, guys. Every single time she fights, every single thing that she does is is pushed is it's pushed forth by aggression and a need to survive. These are dark side traits, and it shocks you. When, I thought when you look about at it that. that way. I actually thought about that today. That even when she like takes that moment to get in touch with the with the force, and you know it's supposed to be, I think. Like this calming moment. Immediately, as soon as she starts fighting, though, it it's anger. Yeah, you know, it's that that fierceness that I'm like, you know, are you really like focusing on and being calm? Or I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I thought about that today when I was watching it, but I had not gone as deep into the lore as you had. So 
I have no life. Well, <laughs> if, 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 so that covered a lot of ground. I, I think that um, so here's the most important things t- to go back to. One, Snoke apparently was Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two, two big picture takeaways. Palpatine is the main villain of the entire nine movies. In fact, I kind of think these nine movies really are about Palpatine. The more you watch, the more you're like, this is the saga of Palpatine and, and Skywalker, the darkness yes. and the yes. light. Yes. You know? I almost mm-hmm. wonder, yes. so what if Snoke, like, is the Palpatine we see thrown out, you know, like, the survived, mangled body of Palpatine is Snoke, and the reason he finally lets them, like, come and be there in person is because, as you've said, this clone has been made, and he's like, you know, it's okay, like, this body is now disposable. Because he well, somehow knows maybe to transfer his consciousness. These are all things we've toyed with before. So the idea, I, I kind of like the idea of this this theory that that Palpatine's been like regenerating at the edge of the universe. I like that too, though. Yeah. But what if what if you know he's fi- like he's finally ready? And what if? And this is a crazy thought. Remember the line that that Han Solo says right before he dies that Snoke's only using you for your power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if that power was actually the fact that Palpatine was drawing on Ben Solo's love for his gra- hate for his grandfather to regenerate? Uh-oh. I lost you, Nick. Yeah, we, we lost, lost you. you. Will you say okay, what you said again? I, still Real can, problem. I can still see Sarah. Can you hear yeah, me? I can hear. I can hear you. Now. Okay, you froze completely. I can, audio and video. I for can a hear. Okay, well, I'm yeah. I'm back, back with now. everybody. Are we all we all back? Yeah, we're all back. So, so what if Snoke so, is drunk? So what if what if the Emperor has been using Ben Solo's power and drawing on it to regenerate? And the coming together of Rey and Kylo actually allows him to re-embody himself completely. That's fascinating. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. That might be a far reach. Um, Now, today, I don't know if you've seen today's TV spot. But today's TV spot has more Palpatine voiceover, which will make, again, critics of The Last Jedi very happy. Because it's Palpatine saying to someone, it's time for her to know who her family truly was. And that's the thing. I never really bought the, like, her family sold her thing. Yeah, honestly. Well, remember, remember that Palpatine just said he's been every voice inside Kylo Ren's head. So that was just what Palpatine wanted Kylo Ren to believe. Right. Well, and see, that wasn't really who Ray's parents were. Honestly, guys... I think, look, and I, you know, none of us know Ryan Johnson, so we can't ask him. No. Um, but I what think, a shame. I think that I think that people sell Ryan Johnson short by thinking that he was just deciding that Ray's parents really were nobodies. You know? Yeah. I think, and so, like, you know what I mean? It seems like it seems like he he's just watching some other things that he does, like some of his other material, just as a director. It sure seems like he's capable of telling stories at multiple levels, where in The Last Jedi, 
the story is the force belongs to everyone it's not about your fancy lineage you know mm-hmm. at the same time i could also see him like like allowing kylo ren to say something crazy you know that is also not true just to eat at ray you know what i mean yeah i you know i well, think it can really go both and, ways without and, being like he has to be retconned you know and Kylo Ren being influenced, that's one of the things, is Ben Solo seems to be so easily emotionally influenced. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, let's admit, is a family trait that runs in his family. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Yes. I, I mean, hello, oh. Anakin. Uh, sand. I hate sand. <laughs> well, it's and it's so... Dirty and dry sand. <laughs> Which it does make sense, given that family trait, how easily tempted by the Sith, the dark side, they would that they would be, since that is all about just giving into your emotions and letting them, you know, your right. passions rule you, when that's already your natural inclination, like, you know, it's a pretty easy path to take. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited, though, for that scene where Daisy Ridley just stands in front of uh, Kylo Ren's burning ship. I don't know what yeah. exactly how that's how that fits in, but I think it's a very cool thought. And, Michael, going back, I want to go back real quick to your point because I wanted to bring this up today. Your point about the Force belongs to all of us sort of being a theme of The Last Jedi and yes. J.J. having confirmed that mm-hmm. in an interview this week, I think that I, I was reminded of the just, it, it's sort of one of the reasons I wanted to start The Last Jedi. I was reminded of the moment, both in Force Awakens at uh, Maz Kanata's, Katana's, and at the very beginning of Last Jedi, when Poe is in his X-Wing... It almost appears that he is also force sensitive. Like he's such a good pilot yeah. that it yeah. can't just be him. I had that and, thought. And, and it, I had that thought watching The Last Jedi. Because, you know, like I said the previous week I had watched um I'd watched episodes four and six and one of the and in even the and then the prequel trilogy this the week before that. Uh, something that they always say is that the, you know, like in episode one, um, Anakin, he's the only human who can pod race, you know, because mm-hmm. of his, because of his force abilities. Episode four, you know, and six, Luke, it will, cause I didn't watch five. It happens, I think in five too, but it's clear, especially in four, that's the whole point of the end of four. He used the force, Luke, it's his abilities in the force. And it makes me think, you know, and so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and Poe may be the best pilot we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Um so it make it, it I I'm interested to see if they're going to play on that and like there has to be some kind of moment where maybe they all try to use the force. Yeah, that I hope it sounds less lame than what you just said. <laughs> I know. And I hope it's way less lame than Team Tardis. Oh. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes, people that can't Sarah's see me. eye roll right now is like an epic eye roll. I just, I just, I just ah. hope, you know, I, feelings. I, I think, you know, we read that Nerdist article, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We are on the cutting edge as Vocal Fry because we talked about this a long time ago um, that people don't understand the gift that, that Ryan Johnson 
um, and the creative team really gave with The Last Jedi in the idea that the Force is everybody, you know? It's, it's, it's for everyone, right. because, both because it, it opens a whole world up, you know? Because right, if the Force didn't belong to everybody, the, the, uh, the Star Wars universe is written into a corner regarding the Force, you yes. know? Right. Because there's no more Skywalkers, you know what I mean? We're killing um, them right. off, yeah, yeah. Right, you know? But the other thing, I think it's interesting, just as kind of, and this is a little bit of a different direction, but kind of a cultural commentary that it's really interesting like that um i've been thinking about this we talked a little bit about this actually with the ghostbusters trailer that just came out there is an interesting trend right now um where all of these things that um like gen x people give or take plus or minus some generation stuff um liked as kids that now we're coming back in the there's these movies where these kids or these people you know are are discovering this thing for themselves and it's for them now you know like in the well we've been talking about this with doctor who for for 15 years because Mm -hmm. i mean you know every single showrunner from rtd to to moffat to chibnall they were all huge doctor who fans as kids and so of course amy and and they became the heads of the bbc well and so like amy great example amy pond in doctor who it's this kid, and this amazing man appeared, and now as an adult, you mean I get to really go on travels with her? That is biographical in some ways of the of Stephen Moffat as a writer. I, you mean I get to ride in the TARDIS now, and then like like right? Uh, well, it's it's JJ. It's JJ. I get to fly the Millennium Falcon. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's Ray sitting there going, "I get to fly this." You know, it's 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 the same thing. You know. Um, that garbage hasn't flown in years. <laughs> we'll take the garbage. Still one of the great lines. Yes. yes. Or, or you know, and so like the Ghostbusters movie, same way. These kids find the find the um, Ecto Proton in the pack and the Ecto one and right. You know, it's like now you know, and so you think about these people who were kids in the eighties going going. Oh man, you know, like I rem in eighties and nineties, like I remember Ghostbusters, and I remember as a kid how bad I wanted to do. It. So there are those kids, and so Last Jedi, there's that kid at the end with the broom. You know, it's like I think about that, and I think about even the idea of these kids telling the stories. You know, like people as kids. I mean, you know, I'm you know I'm millennial, but still I remember as a kid telling the stories. You know pretending to be a jedi and being like oh, yeah. and then luke does this and then they do this and then you know and don't touch that that's the lava well i'll just jump over with the force you know like this kind of thing you know my poor mother <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like and now we see that in the last jedi and so i hope it i i trust jj enough even though this is him trying to end something and you all know how that goes um this is a this is okay this is a point that we need to bring up because i think all of us trust jj abrams creative tendencies let's say yes like his 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 and his creative or or origin stories are incredible incredible Mm -hmm. um i worry i dropped a cookie i loved the end of lost i thought the end of lost was brilliant a lot of people really hated the end of Lost. I also loved The Last Jedi. As we know, a, a lot, lot of, people of people hated The Last Jedi. Yeah. So my, I, I guess, I guess I'm. There's a big part of me that has been mildly trepidatious about Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. 
particularly with JJ at the helm, that somehow the end will not be satisfying. That you mean someone's going to wake up and go, and it was all a dream. <laughs> Except that's not what happened at the end of Lost. We know. I haven't watched. I know, but that's like, didn't that happen in, what's that TV show? Dallas? The dream season, that's a thing. Oh, Infamous well, yes, season. Yes. Yeah, in the Lost, they're all JR dead, right? Season. In Lost, no. They're in purgatory. Yes. Yeah, no. Oh, gosh. And they were okay. dead the whole time. No, 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 they weren't Don't all worry, guys, dead the I'm whole helping. time. No, no, they died <laughs> when they died. They, it all happened. What happened, happened. He even says the lines. That And that's a point, actually. Just just for our if you're still hanging in there with us vocal fam and you're going into this movie go back and rewatch Force Awakens and Last Jedi and here's the thing I will tell you about JJ just having watched a lot of Alias having watched Lost lines matter the actual lines that people say matters and you know he he said Jack on Lost Jack said to Kate what happened happened meaning everything that actually happened on the show actually happened it wasn't imagined. and they all died when they all died and at the end they were all dead because everybody dies mm-hmm. anyway okay so this, force awakens now i've spoiled lost for people who haven't watched Lost. force awakens it's okay. It makes you no said, sense out of context. I thought you were ta- going to reference a line from The Force Awakens. I, you started I to go that too. direction. You said The Force Awakens and then talked about Lost. And for a second, I was like, wow, I really like, I just watched Force Awakens and I really don't remember it. But then I was like, ah, we're on Lost now. No, uh, hold on. No, I'm, there are a line. Uh, there are plenty of things that you could think of, though. I mean, um, uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head now, but th- well, there the is then an awakening. Yes, but like stuff like that, you know. I think um, a lot of that is stuff we won't know how important it is until you see Rise of Skywalker. You know. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But that's my point. Is I think my hope is that we'll know the importance of some of those things. Yeah. What we're going to have to do is go see Rise of Skywalker, then rewatch Force Awakens and Last Jedi again, and then go see Rise of Skywalker again. I think what we're really going to have to do is watch Rise of Skywalker and then go back and watch episodes one, two, and three. Uh, That's entirely possible. Uh, And again, I'm not expecting any crazy, crazy references to the animated stuff. Do I kind do I kind of expect a a hint here and there? Yes. Yeah. But they're Uh, not mainstream enough to really (coughs) just rely. I don't think so. Like not enough people would get it. I think don't think so. I think we'll get the level of references the way that. Like, like the lengthy thing I just said that said, like the contingency plan produced the first order. And so we get the first order and they're called the first order and this is why. But all you get is the first order, you know? That makes and sense. I think that that's the kind of thing we'll get, you know? Yeah. That's, into, yeah. So yeah. we might, we might get like a one random character who obviously we might know, you know, from, from one of the animated shows. Right. Um, it, it, it's possible. But 
I'm not expecting any grandiose like Ahsoka Tano actually comes back into the timeline and takes out Palpatine or something like that. Now, wouldn't that be wild? What a plot twist! Ezra and ruin, then people Ezra would ruins be mad. This movie, right? And then Ezra people will be mad. The yes. real plot twist: Jar Jar Binks returns. Uh, it, it's no. Not there will be no Jar Jar. Jar Jar actually is the one in Kylo's head. Hey, this is kind of random, but have you all watched the most recent remaster of Return of the Jedi? Yes, just last mm, weekend. No. So you know that they that that Vader says things now when he throws Palpatine off the thing. What? The new scene. So it used to be, you know, I'm. You know, Vader picks Palpatine up and kills him, throws him off the thing. Obviously yeah. doesn't kill him now, but throws him off the thing. That scene is supposed to be silent. Yeah. Vader now goes, no, no, and throws him off. I have no memory of that ever being any different. It's in the Disney Plus version. Um, it is horrifying. I only remember the no, no. I don't ever have any memory of anything else. No, that scene was originally silent. The original, I, there's a VHS tape I have somewhere of that scene where he doesn't say anything. Hmm. And he just throws Palpatine off. And, and the cinematography and his acting produces that whole, like, it, it just like shows what's going on. Silently throws him off. That no is, is not in all the versions. I have no memory of that being that way. Jamie thinks it's silent, so that's that's his vote. See, Jamie it's knows. Silence. See, Jamie and I, Jamie knows. Jamie, Jamie and Michael's vote. I I I'm not sure enough to vote either way. They could be either. I don't know. Gosh, I, I trust feel really y'all. Bad. I I I will say I hate all of the added CGI cities and Google stuff knows. at the end of Return of the Jedi. See, I don't mind the cities at the end of Return of the Jedi, and I also oh. don't miss Nub Nub. <laughs> <laughs> For those oh, of the you adding, apparent- the adding, the no is added. Yes, I googled no it. Added. The no and, is added. And original Google and, has spoken. For those of you who don't know, um, um. Return of the Jedi originally ended with an adorable but very 80s Jim Henson-like um, song that the Ewoks sing that's called, like, Nub Nub. Or, like... What? Or Wub Wub. Something like... That I remember. And they go, Wub Wub. Wub Wub. Wub Nub. We have to remember, again, as you referenced earlier, Michael, just how much of these... How much of these original movies and, and even modern movies were about merchandising? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, AKA and also, porgs. and also, how much? Uh, we talked about this the other day, um, just through text message. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The degree to which the people don't remember. People have terrible memories. The degree to which the prequel trilogies really set the tone for Star Wars. The idea, the concept that you have of Star Wars, you average listener, you two, all of us, it really is, um, it really is episode one, especially episode one. Um, yeah. That sense, it set the tone in a in a way um, that, like, honestly, a lot of um, a lot of like, uh, for instance, epic lightsaber battles did not really happen until episode one. 
All right, the lights- duel of the fates didn't exist until, until episode, episode one. one. Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's so much that we don't even realize. It's just part of the Star Wars DNA. People talk about the prequel trilogies like they were all bad. Honestly, I really enjoyed them recently. Episode two is still I, weird. I, I know that you really enjoy there's it. There's just so much two. dialogue in episode two that does not need to exist. Yes, look, and George Lucas cannot look. write romance. Oh, some of us disagree, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Sarah. The I fact, and, and so here's the thing. I, I would not say that episode two is nearly as bad as people say, you know? Me neither. Well, me neither. And I think a huge part of it, like for me loving episode two is I think episode two is actually the first one I saw. And like, see, I think that was my introduction to Star Wars. And then I think I watched episode one. And then I watched four, five, six. And see, so, I am four years older than you. Four, five yeah. years older than you. So episode one was the first Star Wars movie that I saw in theaters. I think when I was little, my dad showed me episode four because he's my dad. Not, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, my dad's a big nerd. But I, I remember the first night that Charlie and I watched episode four. I'm sure that was a really significant... You posted a really cute picture of you and Charlie watching oh, a movie. Oh, watching this morning. It was cute. Oh, my cute. gosh. It was awesome. It was cute. Um, yeah, he still is willing to sit with me and watch. We're actually going to finish Last Jedi here when I get off with you guys. That's awesome. As you should. So let, um, let's make... But yeah, so like... Um, let's, let's do our final predictions yes. of exactly where we think we're going. Okay. okay. Oh. So um, does anybody use the Force from the Resistance other than Ray? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to say yes on that. I think okay. people will hate that, but I think it will happen. But I think it'll happen. Be it, force I can see go- maybe Finn, actually. I think he might be Force-sensitive. Entirely, because po- remember, in Episode 7, Language Matters, there has been an awakening. Well, yes. and my other thing is, I think we forget that you can be Force-sensitive and not be as powerful as Correct. Vader, Palpatine. You know what I mean? Like... Yes. You, you can be just mildly force. There were people that were not even trained in the ways of the Jedi that were force sensitive because they weren't sensitive enough. So yes, there are even different levels of Jedi. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I think okay. yes on resistance. Force ghosts. Yes. I, yeah, they're going to play a huge part who? in this. Qui Gon. Who? Oh, who? Hmm. I. I see Qui Gon would really make it for a lot of people. Qui Gon Force Ghost. You know, I will you know cry. why Qui Gon? You know why? Why? Because he's the first one ever referenced on the screen as a Force Ghost. Yes. Yoda to Obi Wan at the end of Episode Three. I have been commuting, communing with your former master. That's right. And okay. in fact, it's it I, seems like Yoda taught Qui-Gon or Qui- and then taught Yoda like it seems like th- there's a there's a thing of teaching them how to yeah yes yeah how to become a force ghost it seems um, like boy if Liam Neeson that'd be that would be awesome that would that's be an awesome e- yeah. that's an epic uh that's an epic callback and an epic keeping that secret that if that happens I'm gonna be shocked so Hayden Christensen. What's the overall? What what, what, what's the percentage on Hayden Christensen? I think that it will be Hayden Christensen, Anakin, that must rise. I, I think, think it must be Anakin who rises. 
I think it'll be Anakin. I don't know if it'll necessarily be Hayden Christensen playing him. Does that make sense? No. Yes, but Fascinating. No. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know who I would have playing him, but I'm not convinced that it will be... I don't know. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. That but, might be my unpopular theory. <clears throat> but see, the thing is, is again, like people might hate it, but the the standard, if we just kind of go with the idea that generally the changes that are made are the changes that are made, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? The force ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi is Hayden Christensen, you know? Yes. And the yeah. purpose for that... That was purposeful. The purpose for that was because George Lucas felt that he needed to be who he was before the Sith turned him. Mm -hmm. And so I think, in fact, that is the Anakin that must rise. You know, when talking about Rise of Skywalker, I think that that is part of that. And so, do we get a do we get Force Ghost Luke? We have to. I think so. He's already like we've already seen Force Ghost Luke. He's played such a huge role. Like I think that'll totally come back. Um, do we get Force Ghost Yoda? I don't know. Probably briefly. Maybe. A la Return of the Jedi where there's four of them standing there, at the, or three of them standing there at the end like that. I think that's what we'll get. That's know? the thing. I think if we get Force Ghost Yoda, it's going to be like all of the Force Ghosts we've ever seen, we're going to see them even if briefly. You know what I mean? Like we'll get Force Ghost Obi-Wan too if that's the case. Yes. D- okay. Apparently Jamie likes Going that. Going on to a different thing. So yeah, who, uh, knowing that Daisy Ridley essentially released in an interview that she's alive at the end of the movie. That's good. Uh, who dies? Uh, Ky- Kylo Ren. Does he make it? I want to say yes, just because I think that killing him is a little repetitive. It parallels se- Empire a little too it much. It parallels, like, in a in a series that parallels fairly often, like, that might be too much to it- have another person die in order to redeem them. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's a very common thing in Star Wars. Are they yes. really going to play that card again? Yes, but also it would make poetic sense. It would. Like, no, it would. Just like with Anakin slash Vader, it makes sense in the, in the sense that you know, Kylo has gone so far down the dark side. Is there really any other way to redeem redeem himself? Would he ever really be accepted in the resistance or hopefully not the resistance anymore after this? Like, could he ever totally redeem himself in any way that doesn't? But I think that could be an interesting storyline to follow somebody who had gone that far down in their quest to redeem themselves and gain forgiveness. I could from, see that. So, like, that could be an interesting storyline, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, I kind of hope that he lives just because I would like to see a different story play out. This is way out of left field, but the only way that I could see that happening is if he loses his force powers at the end. You know? Now, that could be interesting. I don't think that's how that this will go. This feels a lot like your whole theory of Eleven only lives if she loses all her abilities. That's how I feel. Because it's a ceremonial death. Something sacrificial. Something. Yeah. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I don't know. Like, I don't know how they'll play it. I just, for me, it's not so much what I think will happen as what I hope will happen. Because I just think it would be very interesting. Realistically, I think he will die. But it's possible that there will be a resurrection. I just have this feeling that this movie is going to be all about 
death and resurrection. That is what I believe this that is my big prediction. Uh, it's the theme it's of entirely possible. The, the way that the way that the Force Awakens is about mystery unfolding. It's about, you know, the the uh, the last Jedi is about the Force belongs to everyone uh, and the difference between legends and reality. Um, and uh, what is a legend? I think that uh, what is a legacy? It's planting trees in a garden you never get to see. Um in America, you great unfinished. Oh, I'm quoting Hamilton. Hold on. And then, um, <laughs> America, you great unfinished symphony. You sent for me. Anyways, um, I think that um, the I think that Rise of Skywalker will be about um, death and resurrection. Do you think if Kylo dies, that he becomes a Force ghost? He has yes. to. Because I think if we're going to like, okay, let's say Kylo dies. I think you need somebody, like, if we're going to have this rise of this, we won't call them the Grey Jedi, since that's, I think, kind of, we've assumed they won't be that. They've said over and over the Grey and Jedi won't be a thing, right? That that's not a thing. But, like, if we're going to have this new balanced order, then you need to have somebody who can instruct them in the other side. Like, you can't just have a light side instructor. There needs to be a, a dark side instructor. And I, it would make sense if you had Kylo, who's trained, has redeemed himself, but maybe becomes a force ghost to instruct the future generations. Does that, that make re- sense? That reminds me that <laughs> I'd forgotten about this. Um, I remember when we talked about The Last Jedi way back when, how significant it was to me that Yoda used lightning in The Last Jedi. That's super mm. important. I think Yoda has achieved balance, you know? Yeah. I think Yoda is... The, okay. Yeah. That, that's a great segue into my hot take for this entire episode, which I haven't shared with you guys yet. You haven't shared it with us yet? Oh, man, you're holding on to stuff for us. So here is my hot take for this entire movie. I have not read this on the internet. This is my own hot take for episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Palpatine, in order to come back... In order to still have survived, whether he is light side or dark side, has had to become one with the Force. Yeah, I I can buy that. Just as Yoda and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon before him and now Luke have all become one with the Force. Right. And so in the end... From a force perspective, just from the perspective of Palpatine, when Palpatine thinks at the end that he has won, we will get like one epic line from someone of saying, but when you cannot, because defeat that which you are is not possible. In other words, they're all then just part of the force. And so Palpatine will not be able to win and beat something that he is already. Therefore, showing us that the light and the dark are just one with the force. Because Palpatine there is, n- is one with the force. If he he's can't one with the, force, he had, the force. I guess that makes sense. And he had to like accept that balance i guess and there it is okay but how does that play out nick in one last big throne room scene where he thinks he has won 
And then all those force ghosts appear. And in that moment, Yoda tells him that, of course, he could not defeat them because he is them. Because they're all one. Correct. Buddhism. Correct. And most of the Star Wars mythology is based on Hinduism. Yes. Yes. The light, the dark, all of it. Yes. That makes sense to me. On one path towards enlightenment. Yes. I, I, I'm just saying, I mean, do or do not, there is no try. Anyway, I could be way off base. That Nothing like that could happen. Again, I said it was a hot take. It is the hottest take. In fact. But I, I think, have to ponder it. But I think that there are things to it. I, I think that for sure... I, I totally think a force ghost scene, there must, first off, there must, so at the most surface level, I think that, that a force ghost scene with whatever Palpatine might be, um, whatever ghostly form he takes, whether he's a force ghost or he's a disembodied head. Um, or he's the body of Matt Smith. Yeah. He's, um... <laughs> I'm still I, on that train. I still, I'm still on that train too. Honestly, like I think that could be such an interesting. Matt Smith just seems like such an obvious like choice for maybe a clone that Palpatine is now like embodying. Yeah, in my opinion, you know, because he wasn't in the movie, then he was in the movie, then he wasn't in the movie, then he was in the movie, then he said he was in the movie, then he said he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. And then for a year, we haven't really heard anything about it. I'm gonna totally sit through the whole movie going, "Where's Matt Smith?" The movie's gonna I'm end, going to and be I'm still gonna for be him sitting the there movie. like, "All I want." So is Matt Smith coming out now? And then they're gonna be like, "Sarah, it's the credits." Ever well, since it's gonna be me. the Doctor Who episode with the Cyberman King, I have wanted an evil Matt Smith character with all my heart. You know? Do you he remember which episode? I we're think. About? So did you? So on ID10T this week, Karen Gillan was on promoting Jumanji. I haven't seen it. I haven't listened. I must listen. Oh my gosh! And she said that um, she would love to do a one-off special with her and Matt and Arthur, and it would be so great. They're all still of age that they could pull it off one last time. Yeah. Sort of like we have Rose come back, yeah, for those kind of one last... No, to have that entire group meet oh, the current Tardi- ta- Team Tardis. Ugh, stop saying stop Team Tardis. Stop saying that. Stop saying Team Tardis. <laughs> I didn't write it. Chibnall did. I feel like it's like Mean Girls. Stop trying to make Fetch happen. Like, Stop trying to make Team Tardis happen. It's, it's, it's a no-go. <laughs> Don't like. But anyway, she said she'd be down to make one last episode. What a coincidence. I would also be down for that. Yes. yes. That would be one epic uh, 12th Doctor finale, or 13th Doctor finale. Yes. I just hope that that we get a a good 13th Doctor episode at some point. (laughs) Right? I'm still waiting. I'm still... Anyway, okay, let's finish up Star Wars. Okay, who erased parents? I think she's I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. I like. I have literally all day. I've been telling. I've been talking to Jamie. And I've been like, "What if? What if Kylo isn't actually um, Han and Leia's son? What if he was some sort of like swapped at birth thing and Ray's actually their kid and Kylo?" I mean, Ray seems so, like Leia's kid. You know. Well, Kylo doesn't even look like Han and Leia. 
who who believes that? Like, maybe why that's why he's so angry. Is he found out he was adopted? Why did Han Solo treat Rey more like his daughter than he did Ben Solo yeah. like his son? Oh. Right? Like, so that's a theory I had. I had a theory of like, what if? I mean, is there a rule that Sith Lords can't have kids? Because I feel like she could be Palpatine's. Who knows? You know? Jamie glaring at you and shaking his head. He, I, I don't know what he thinks. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I told you, I've had a bunch of different theories. I don't even know what I I have a theory anymore. that at least one of them, I, th- I thought He's it was Ray initially, but I thought it was Ray. But as we talk about this, I could see it being Kylo Ren. Um, the idea, you all know the idea that I think is still a canon idea. It's a, If it's not, it's a gray area idea um, that Palpatine manipulated the force to um, produce Anakin. You know, Anakin, yeah. and so I could see that happening again with with one of them. You know, if not both. But of isn't them. the isn't there also? I could see that, but isn't there? I feel like sometimes JJ. It's very JJ to do this to give you all these misdirections, and then a really simple answer, and you, and you forget about the Your fact that guess. the that the simplest answer. That Ray and Kylo are twins. I've been avoiding that statement. And I have considered that as well. That's the thing. Like, I'm so confused. Twins running their family. That's it. True. Could be well, and it could also make sense if, like, when they're young. Because in rewatching Force Awakens, I had this moment where, like, when Han and Leia are back together again, like when they first meet up and they're make they're talking about, you know, everything that's happened and about their son and how like where did we go wrong? That's why I wanted to send him to Luke. Like it's very yes, evident sir. that even when he was a young child that like they saw something in him that made them think like there's a risk with him. He has this tendency. There's something we need to watch out for. So it would make sense if they had twins that they took Ray and they were like, we need to keep her safe. We see something growing in him. And so for her own safety, they send her away. Or maybe she was at the Jedi temple and you know, or if Luke just took her away at her birth, maybe, well, or like what if she was at the Jedi temple managed to survive and that's when they took her away and like dropped her off. And let's not forget mm. also, I think again, JJ Ryan Johnson dialogue matters. The reason I think we're obviously before even today's TV spot, which essentially told us we're going to find out who she is, even when Luke first meets her, is completely shut off from the Force at that point at the beginning of the Last Jedi. And he looks at her and he says, who are you? Yeah. Hmm. It matters. Yeah. That's like the there's thing. a spark of recognition there. Who are you? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I think he even stresses are. Who are you? Does Luke have a son? Or a daughter? That, and that's See, been the other thing we've speculated. I'm wondering... I'm so torn about all of this because okay. uh, Obi-Wan Obi-Wan said that he it was important that Luke and Leia be separated. Yes. And it was important so that if the emperor ever found out you know uh, so there's 
even the idea of just again the idea of these things playing out again yes. as we were just talking about they love parallels yeah <clears throat> and i i wonder i wonder yeah. because okay because of luke's hippy dippy swirly nature okay i wonder if luke i wonder if it's possible i don't know how they would fit this in but for luke to have somehow sensed darkness rising and separating them for that reason because of he because unlike the Jedi Council that ignored the signs that the yeah. Sith were returning, he felt that and then separated them and sent them off in their own ways. You know, I could see that happening. Well, I could see him, yeah, having sent her off because, like, he admits that, you know, he went to go get rid of Kylo, essentially. I mean, who's to say that before that he didn't send Ray off? Yeah. Okay. Who knows? So, last sort of basic question. Will we see Baby Yoda or the Mandalorian? No. I don't know. I don't think we'll see the Mandalorian, per se. I I mean, I do think that show's got to tie in somehow. I don't think it does. What it... What it? I don't know that it does anymore, and and uh, and I I I was thinking it was gonna have to, but the more and more I've thought about it, I think that the timing of next week's episode is just about the release schedule of Rise of Skywalker and nothing else. Well, or it's possible that it's not so much that the Mandalorian ties into Rise of Skywalker, but that Rise of Skywalker ties into Mandalorian. It could be that. Also possible, although there's just this one little twinge of me. Just this, this, this little, little bit that kind of wishes that that scene from the first trailer, where that ship that looks like the exact ship that dropped Ray off on Jakku, you guys know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That there's a little bit of me that hopes that that was 20 years ago, and that that ship was like flying from where the Mandalorian was holding all the Force-sensitive kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you still think the Mandalorian's going and getting a bunch of kids? Because, like, so far we have seen him and Baby Yoda, which, y'all, I love Baby Yoda. I, I, I don't know. This week especially, I was like, oh, I love him. Well, I'm okay. so cute. Are I'll you guys, this, real quick, so we can... Go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, regarding the Mandalorian, I'd just like to say, even though I loved the connectedness of the first three or four episodes, um, I'm really thankful that the Mandalorian is allowing itself to be a TV show. Do you know what I mean? Incredibly episodic. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay yeah. with it. Like, I'm okay with Freak of the Week if it's done well. You know what I mean? And we're kind of getting yes. Freak of the Week, but it's okay. I love it, you know? But there's still um, that overarching storyline. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I appreciate is it's episodic, but kind of what I really enjoyed from, like, specific seasons of Doctor Who. It's episodic, but you can tell still there's this connection yes, going over. for like, sure. But it's like not that. like I'm watching a 30-hour-long movie or no, something. No, you know, no, it's not that. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, Stranger exactly. Things, you know. No. Yeah, like most. Which is a ten-hour-long movie, yes, right? Yes. Where episode three makes no sense out of context, you know. Yeah, these right. you could watch and be fine. Unless you go to Cleveland. Yes. Yes. Oh. L's big adventure. Yeah, that's that's the one episode that you're like. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Anyway, uh, have you guys watched episode six of Mando? I've not yes. yet. 
But oh, you, but I, I but I, I have decided this year that spoilers do not matter to me. So please spoil away. Okay. Well, episode five. Um, so we've all seen episode five and six, just so we can hit our Mando Cafe of the week, Sarah, yeah. and catch up, so that we can we can be a, a little ahead here now. Um, wh- what do we think of episode five? Let's go back to episode five really quickly. So episode five was. Oh gosh, I have to like think back to it. <laughs> What was I'm episode to, five? Which one was episode five? Oh my gosh. <laughs> episode four was Michael, the Michael, what AT- was the last thing you watched? I, the last one I watched was episode four, which was the ATST. Oh, so you're like... Oh, you're two episodes. I'm two episodes from episodes. As soon as we log off here, I'm going to sit down and watch both of these episodes. I gotta, I gotta try to think, because yeah, my brain, like, I literally just watched episode six last night, and so it is very fresh in my brain Yes, my wife was just reminding me. So episode five oh. was called The Gunslinger. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and uh, it, um, it ends on a fairly big cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, uh, which, which does not get spoiled in episode six. So, Michael, that's not going to get spoiled for you because we still don't know. The, the cliffhanger from episode five is not resolved yet. Um, there's... Um, uh, episode five basically surrounds this idea of he, he ends up on Tatooine, Michael. So you'll enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and in, in fact, goes to Mos Eisley. Wow. That's um, awesome. uh, but uh, I, I'll leave you to watch the rest of that, except for the fact that at the very end of the episode, we see another person mysteriously linger over this dead body. Mm. and they don't reveal who this person is. The internet would like you to believe that that person is Boba Fett. I I find this incredibly irrational. I I was going to say, that's not what I'm I'm buying into. But a lot of people have been theorizing that Boba Fett will be the end of season one. Yes. Maybe. The The smart money is on the idea that that character at the end of the episode is probably Omar Esposito's character who will finally be revealed in the last episode of this season. Right. Right. Um that's that's that seems to be that seems to be the s- the smartest safest house money. Um there is some very low percentage chance but but with the idea that, and, and I think it's obvious that these episode titles mean things, um, with the title of The Gunslinger, I think there's a slight chance that actually that character who lingered over that dead body was in fact Bane, which would be a real callback to Clone Wars. Um, and, uh, Bane is one of the bounty hunters, uh, sort of who worked for the, uh, trade federation in the cartoons. Oh. oh, cause you say Bane and all of a sudden I'm like Batman. Yeah. That's all I no, was thinking of. I was no, like, he, he, he wears a cowboy hat. He has like two six shooter esque guns that he carries around. Oh man. You actually fight him in the campaign version of Disney infinity. Oh. Um, it would certainly makes sense given that this is a literal western. Yeah, with samurai that's true. vibes. Um, so but I don't want to give anything then away for episode um, six, but can we I, just talk about? 
can we talk about how many major guest stars have now been on this television show? Yeah. yeah. Brian Pesane in in the in the first episode in in chapter 1. Um all of the guest stars in the village with the ATST. Mm. Um we've had uh Nick Nolte in 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 episode 1. Um, Carl Weathers, the great Carl Weathers. I mean, Apollo Creed himself, uh, as the Mandalorians, you know, whatever. But this episode, episode six, we have, uh, Mark Boone, um, who's famous for Sons of Anarchy, among other things. Mm -hmm. Bill Burr, who's one of the great current comedians on the circuit. Uh, Natalia Tina, who was Tonks in Harry Potter. That's um, where I recognize. Okay. That's where you recognize okay, her. That makes Clancy, sense. Clancy Brown, who's one of the great sci-fi actors ever, going the whole way back to the fact that he was the villain in Highlander. Um, um I mean, a major sci-fi player. Um, Richard Iode, uh, who's a major British actor, been on all kinds of, of, of stuff overseas. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. The guest stars that they've lined up, and again, going back to Michael's thing, it's really quite remarkable that it just seems to just be like that. But they 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 play into this whole like, you know, ghost of the week on Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um. It, it it's really quite a remarkable list of talent though that they've lined up, mm -hmm. particularly when it was Omar Esposito who we were all talking about the whole time because he was in the trailer and we haven't even seen him yet. He, you know, right. I just, I'm so thankful. I just got to say, I'm so thankful that they're letting it be a TV show, like an episodic show. I love show. Like how, how to say this? There's been a kind of trend in TV, largely, I think in part due to lost and JJ Abrams, where this deeply, deeply, deeply interconnected, like one long movie kind of show. Well, and, so <clears throat> much so that we had to make TV shows out of twenty-two <coughs> movies, mm -hmm. uh, so that it was all just one big TV season of a TV show. Yeah, it just took eleven years. Right, and and I'm just like, how do I say this? The only the one the major exception that we have to this is like those DC shows, those those uh, those DC, The Flash, and Arrow, and those shows. Arrow and them, yeah, which yeah. Which I have not caught up on yet, but it seems amazing. I haven't um, either. I know that, uh, so Sarah, someday we'll have to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths because it's yeah. going to be fantastic. I know that, Nick, yeah. I know that you don't watch any of that stuff. Um, but, but it's good. It's so good. But I will say it that, like it is of a lower caliber, it's 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 B, it is it's B minus grade. You know what I mean? And, and but so, it's still enjoyable. It is, but so I'm so thankful, like for like, because like even Doctor Who, which started off pretty episodic, you know, this yeah. reboot yes. of Doctor Who, and then Stephen Moffat existed on planet Earth with influence <laughs> and power. So then it became this enormous yeah. swirling vortex of things twisted on itself. And so, which is... It, it, see season six and season nine. Yes. They're great, 
also, it but makes... But they're basically one 10-hour movie. Right. Both 10-hour movies. They're less enjoyable as a result when you're just sitting down to watch one episode of a TV show. So I'm really thankful to have something of exceptionally high quality that I can sit down and watch one episode of and then move on with my life because, because like, you know, Sarah and I, we've talked... Like, Sarah's... You know, I know Sarah's work has been imploding, like, exploding. Yeah. Sarah's work has been yeah. exploding. Mine has been imploding. The phrase... The, there was a fist fight this week and the phrase Ooh. everybody knows that ain't your baby Yikes. was thrown out at work today <laughs> not today yeah on 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 thursday morning everybody knows that ain't your baby that baby belongs to such and such like that oh no that that happened like that it happened. was Maury povich it was like seriously there's a fist fight there was that the the dna test results have proven like that it was like ridiculous so stuff is exp- so palpatine is not the father <laughs> so with all but of it's to nice say- to have a show where you don't feel like you have to binge watch right okay well, i don't see, feel but, lost but, but, watching it you know but i think michael i think your mm-hmm. point is interesting in that in that, I think we have to remember that what was the first show that really dropped a full season? House of Cards? Maybe. I don't know. It was I early. Mean, I think that was. It, it, it was something like that. And it wasn't much but earlier what, than what, that. But, yeah. But when was that? 2013? Right. Right. You know, and know. so we're only about six years in to the idea of bingeable shows that are just getting whole seasons dropped. Right, where somebody's going to watch. And I think we have to yeah. remember that some of those network TV shows that were particularly BBC because BBC will just like release three episodes of something, call it a season, and really just mean that it's just one giant broad church movie AKA that we turned Sherlock. into three episodes. Yeah. You know, Sherlock um, you know, uh, Broadchurch, uh, 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 Luther. I mean, yeah, it's what they do. Yeah. Whereas in America, we have to make 26 episodes of something or like they felt like they were a failure right. if it was on network TV anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that the industry has been trying to adapt and find what is normal and what is, what is fresh, what is new. And in a way, I think... They're, the Mandalorian feels fresh in that it's getting released once a week yeah. and it's episodic again. It's yeah. like we're watching the Golden Girls so much so, and I think this was their goal, so much so that they've recreated water cooler culture. They've got this podcast doing Mando Cafe every week, yeah. and they've got people getting up early on Friday mornings to watch The Mandalorian before they go to work. Which is crazy, well, and I love it. And it's a nice, I think it's a nice balance because between episodic and bingeable because you do watch it every week, but because it's on a streaming service at any time, you can go watch all six episodes. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, we tweak it. Well, it's like what on, I said just now. I said, I'm going to sit here and watch both episodes as soon as ex- we log off, you know? Exactly. It's not like when you watch cable TV where you miss it, like maybe you recorded it, but chances are you don't have the entire season or seasons recorded on your DVR. Maybe you do. Maybe yes. you're that committed. But I think most people that still have cable don't do that. Yeah, That seems like a thing that walking fa- dead fans would do. <laughs> Just yes. Maybe. Yes. Uh, you know what? It's a pretty, I think, loyal, pretty loyal following. I, I think my dad and brother might have multiple seasons of Walking Dead recorded on the TV, even though they have Netflix. Here's, so here's what I'll say. This is a just a 
TV and culture prediction I'd like to make. <clears throat> As we know, all of these streaming services are existing now, and mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Yes, we've been talking about it. Yes. Here's what I believe will begin to happen. Because as you know, calling your cable company and canceling a TV channel is hard and ridiculous and a hassle. Right? Freezing your Netflix subscription is less of a hassle. Um, oh, yeah. Because it'll oh, yeah. save all your preferences. All you do is lose your access until you pay again. What I think we're going to start seeing is people... is is well, Like, these niche services already exist. Like... Um, Apple TV Plus that exists. It's literally got six shows on it. You know. Um, yeah, I I was given a free year because I had to get a new phone. Me too. So I me was too. given a free year, and so it's like I'm like I haven't even watched any of it though. Me either. But what I'm gonna predict will happen is that people begin to purchase one month of a service um, so that they can watch their one show, cancel it, and that the and that the because I'm you know. Guys, I work in finance now, so I'm thinking about sales and financial projections. I'm thinking to myself that the business model is going to change to instead of how do we get a long-term subscriber, like there's going to be, that will still exist, but it's going to begin to be how do we get these short-term kind of quick pay, you know, we get a boost for two months of people watching our one our exclusive show and then they're going to cancel us again and then do something else and then we release something new for them to hop onto and then hop off again you know well it's it's I mean, like services like hello fresh and the cook you know that they send you the box of food mm-hmm. they're big all of the different services that do that their big marketing thing is we're easy to pause at any time you can pick do you want two meals a week four meals a week but then you can pause it and come back whenever it's easy to just skip a week and i could see them moving towards um models kind of like that but that's interesting if they then start going to the disney plus model of the mandalorian mm-hmm. and start releasing stranger things one episode 10 at a time. weeks yeah r- r- and then you've got to at least get your three months yes well yeah. and so i think yeah. we're gonna see a, i think it's gonna be interesting to see a variety of content at minimum i know this um i maybe it's uh, maybe people will but I just don't want to believe that people are going to be willing to pay a hundred dollars a month for streaming services. You know, and yeah, I think people already are. That's what people do for cable. Yeah, you know, I think people are already doing. Uh, it. Essentially, the streaming services for a lot of people have just replaced cable, and so it's like instead of paying a hundred dollars a month for my cable bill. I'm going to pay $100 a month for all the different streaming services. I mean, admittedly, like I'm count honestly now that I think about it right now, I'm paying personally paying I'm personally paying $17, but if you include the things that I am borrowing remotely from my parents, right. Um uh, uh if we if so like Netflix, Amazon Prime and um Disney Plus and if I include Spotify in that, as four items that I pay for a month, I'm paying almost forty. I'm paying four, thirty-nine dollars for those things per month. You know, that's a basic. Ca- right. That's a basic cable package. You know. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's. There's no. I mean, it has. Bec- yeah. And I'm I'm interested to see. You know. And here's the thing. I've heard multiple other podcasts talking about this issue. By the way, this is we're not. This is not unique to us. Um. I would not be surprised if all of a sudden we see a couple of these big enterprises fall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Disney already has Hulu. 
Yeah. And they own ABC and they own ESPN. You're predicting that network Netflix will fall. I've heard I could see Netflix being bought by somebody. Disney. <laughs> well, I've heard Facebook. that Netflix yeah. might be partnering up with like Nickelodeon, which I think would be very smart on both of That's their parts. That's interesting. I could see. Um, I just want to watch. I you know, Carly. I could see. I just want to watch also Avatar have to the rem- Last Airbender. We also have to remember that the, 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 the real two big players in this really are Apple and Amazon. Because we have to remember that from a, just a purely financial point of view, Amazon could buy any one of those companies that they wanted to purchase. Yes. That would be, yeah. Except for Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that the Disney model is much more ingenious than people initially realized, you know? I, I think so too. That creepy video that you sent us, it's that was scarily really true. Creepy I, and accurate. I think it was Funny or Die that produced the video. Um it was one of those channels or college humor, one of those old sites, but like but it was, it was they, one of those old just spoof channels, yeah. But they um uh, for those of you listening, Nick had shared with us these um, some of this, and it was like this video where it's like it's kind of a Netflix rep talking to a Disney rep, and it was supposed to be funny, but it was actually horrifying, terrifying, and because it was all real, real, it, it was true. And I think that the big thing that they said was like, you know, we don't have to go through a distributor anymore. We have our own thing where we can give you directly exactly whatever you want, which means we have the power, you know, and we have all of these algorithms own, now because they we own see your create content creators. They own the content makers. They own the studio itself. They own the merchandising. They own the back catalog. They own the distribution service. They own the theme parks. They own the toys. They own the food. They own the music. They Whereas before, Star Wars exists, and then somebody else has to get a licensing deal to release the Star Wars waffle maker. Disney mm. can say, here's Star Wars, and then here's the Star Wars ride, that, by the way, Rise of the Resistance looks like the most amazing ride of all time. I must ride it. Apparently, it is incredible. I have to ride that's it. That's what I've heard. Um, then I make a ride that's just like it. And then Disney, without having to clear with anybody else, releases exactly the merchandise that they need to release and exactly everything. And they just produce. You could literally just exist only in Star Wars anything for as long as you wanted. And Disney produced it all and they get all the revenue for all of it. It is And scary. let's face it. What are the only movies anymore that are really getting people to the theater instead of a streaming service? Uh, Avengers, Avengers, and Star Disney. Wars. Avengers and Star Wars. It, and you know, and mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious, base, and anything with the Rock. <laughs> I do like. The no, rock. no, seriously. I mean, I, I'm sort of. I not know. Kidding. I know. It's 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 it it's cringy, but honestly, it's the truth. It, it's you know what I mean. It's like. Right. It's also cheesy, but also it doesn't matter if it's cheesy. People are paying for it, you know? Particularly yeah. internationally. Yes. Yeah. We have to remember that not everything is America. Are, are you sure? sure? Are you sure? Pretty I sure. could make a joke right now, but it would be political. <laughs> so I'm going to not. No. 
I'm going to choose to Just keep on brand. the other direction. I'm going to keep on brand and not make a joke right now. Yes. Yes. I'm going to make anyway. it out of the blue Mandalorian statement. This week's episode, episode six, I think is my favorite so far. Yes. Just in case the world is curious. Fascinating, because I thought it was my least favorite episode so oh, far. It was my favorite. That's fantastic. Speaking yeah. of making a joke and Star Wars, I have been cracking up lately at that meme where you know it's you know like those like those memes it's like the public service kind of memes that are not funny that say like that say like um to be clear this is not what i thought was funny it's a meme based off of this but where it says like instead of telling someone to calm down do this instead like say this instead i've enjoyed the one that says instead of telling someone calm down you should say this yes let the hate flow through you <laughs> and gives all these reasons. It's a great idea. It's like expresses emotion, gives you the unlimited power of the dark side. I saw that. I laughed so hard at it. Shoot, you I might shouldn't. have been the one who shared it, and that's why I saw it. I mean, no. who knows? That's probably why. It's no, a, I don't one of us, I think, shared I, I it. Shouldn't, I shouldn't see that. It was hysterical. I think I sent um, it to Jamie. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what you have for breakfast? A quiche. Eggs Mixing in a quiche. Yay. I mean, there was cheese and bacon in there too. Oh, it was a quiche Lorraine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fancy. Very nice. Fancy term. It was I thought. Yummy. I thought quiche Lorraine had to have spinach. No, no, no. Quiche. I Lorraine. mean, maybe it did. No. I don't know. Quiche Lorraine so is my mom bacon again. and cheese. Yeah, and I think there were some onions. What's and the onion. one that has the spinach? No, that's that's quiche Florentine. Florentine. Thank you. Yes, I, a I while know. back I worked. I think last time I was on the podcast actually. Or so, at some time recently, um, it's sometime since I moved. I've been ta- I, uh, I've been watching uh, or I've been watching uh, old Julia Child videos, and I was working through the uh, mastering yeah, the art of French cooking, that. and then I gained fifteen pounds, and then I put it on the shelf and started eating healthy again. Um, I was gonna say, did you watch Julia and Julia? I did, Julia and, and that's Julia, I watched that Julia and Julia, and that is what inspired me. Um, and so um, I cooked a quiche Lorraine. And they're delicious. Say, that's literally the movie is cooking all that, gaining a bunch of weight and being like, oh, but this is so yummy. I am Julie. <laughs> anyway, she that seems right. Me. And on that note, vocal fam, we're going to have to get out of here because this has been a long episode as it's been. Um, I ho- hope you've enjoyed our premiere. Go see Rise of Skywalker in theaters December 19th and then on forward. Uh, we will be back with you next Saturday. Um, we will not drop an episode on Friday, but we will be back with you on Saturday for a very special vocal fry episode. So we hope you guys enjoy Mandalorian episode seven on Wednesday. Um, and then everybody go to your favorite, uh, local theatra and enjoy your first time because there's never again a time like the first time, um, through uh, a Star Wars movie. So uh, don't forget, this holiday season, Star Wars is about family. And uh, we hope from our vocal fam to your vocal fam that uh, you're, having a, you're having a good week. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk at you people uh, next weekend, okay? Yeah. Yes? Okay. All right, let's kill this recording, guys. Okay. Bye.